Welcome to Terminal Talk. This is the podcast about mainframes and mainframe-related topics. Hope everyone is doing all right out there. We felt it important that we keep the ball rolling on these episodes because mainframes don't stop and neither should Terminal Talk. Uh, And with all the discussion happening out there right now, we thought what better topic to discuss than COBOL? And what better person... I I cannot tell you how many people message me saying, you know who you really ought to talk to right now? Uh, We got him. We got Captain Cobalt himself, Tom Ross. Obviously, we're observing safe social distancing, so this was recorded over the internet, not in person. But this is just too important and too good to put off. So here he is, Captain Cobalt, Tom Ross. So I am here with Captain Cobalt, Tom Ross. and, And Tom, I guess my first important question is, uh, why, why do they call you Captain Cobol? <laughs> that was a friend of mine who uh, works in IBM as well, and uh, he considered he uh, came up with the name when he was telling a coworker that I was the person that they needed to talk to about Cobol, and uh, <laughs> and he gave me the name, and I, I loved it and accepted the promotion from Mister Cobol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what is your like, official capacity in IBM? I am one of the lead uh, developers on the COBOL compiler for Z, although I've also worked on the runtimes and COBOL compilers for other platforms, all within IBM. And uh, you must be uh, very busy in the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, pretty much all the time. <laughs> COBOL is very busy. Uh, it's surprising. I remember when I first hired on, I thought, why do you need... COBOL programmer or COBOL compiler developers, don't you have a COBOL compiler? And I learned quickly that that was a dumb question. There's never-ending improvements and things to do. How, how often does the COBOL compiler get refreshed? Um, it depends on what you mean by refreshed. We, uh, we put out new releases every couple of years, but now IBM has something called continuous delivery on Z where we actually ship new features in between releases. So if that's considered a refresh, then it gets refreshed every two months. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, there's been a lot of, uh, talk about COBOL lately. A lot of people are kind of, uh, surprised to find out just how, how prevalent it is. Why do you think people kind of have this this factory programmed opinion that COBOL, all COBOL code must be old and neglected and, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, that's a great question. I uh, One of the things that I like to tell people is that um, the average person uses COBOL about 20 times a day. For example, when you make a cell phone call, the minutes are counted on COBOL programs very commonly. If you go to the bank, if you pay your insurance bill, almost anything we do uses COBOL, and people are unaware of that. People are unaware that the world runs on Z also, sort of stealth software. Uh, why, Why COBOL got a bad reputation, I don't really know, but people have been trying to kill it from the day it was born, and um there was even a famous uh, software engineer, Dijkstra, who said that COBOL was the worst thing that ever happened to software. And maybe that was the beginning. That was in the late 60s. Uh, but it's been since 1968 or so that people have famously said that COBOL is awful. And even PL1, uh, when it came out, when IBM came out with PL1, IBM said, this is the new best language to use. So it's just been a, one thing after another. <laughs> what, what specific characteristics of COBOL makes it well-suited for the, the types of places that it runs? Well, from my perspective, I think most programming is business programming. Now, there is a lot of uh, games programming and uh, uh, smartphone 
programming. But for like a large insurance company or a government, they need to keep track of things and do payroll for their employees. And a lot of it has to do with dollars and cents. And, uh, and business programming is, is the most common thing among large uh, organizations like the Fortune 1000. And COBOL is the only language designed specifically for business programming. Uh, for example, you can have a, a, a variable, or we call them data items in COBOL, uh, that can support dollars and cents or euros and cents uh, in any data type. I can have binary, pack decimal, external decimal, floating point, whatever I want. I can code a program that can support dollars and cents in COBOL. Um, for example, the Java language does not have decimal natively supported in it. You have to use separate classes to pretend that it supports decimal. And decimal data is the basis of all business programming. And COBOL is designed into it from the very from day one. So, in, in those other languages, when they're when you, when they're doing decimal and, and dollar percentages and calculations and all that. It's how is it handling data? Well, how, how is it trying to do it? Like, how is it faking it? It fakes it out using floating point. Um, and it's it's accurate enough. It's not uh, floating point on mainframe is we have this hex floating point that's kind of odd. But there's another kind of uh, floating point that's used by other platforms and also available on Z. And so it is it's it's very precise. It's just not uh, built into the language. So you have to um emulate decimal support in things like java and swift and node.js and all the other new languages that have come along um and it's, it can be done and uh, it's not really a problem but it's not as natural as it is in cobol and, Ca and cobol is going to be more efficient doing that and that's one of the great things of cobol is it's super efficient very fast fastest language I, was, I actually wrote, I wrote my first COBOL program this weekend, actually, because I, wa I wanted to be able to, to talk to you from some sort of experience. And, and one of the things that really stuck out to me is that every piece of data you want to use needs to be defined like well and upfront. But once it's really like locked onto that data you're using, it can do things extremely fast and I assume at scale. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can convert from one type of data to another without even thinking about it. Just say move A to B and it converts whatever A is into whatever B is and it's all automatic. So do you get called in a lot to um, to look at like code migration type stuff or code upgrading? Like how how easy is it to take a look at some COBOL that's already out there and and assess it to um rather assess it for adding new functionality to it well personally i'm definitely prejudiced in that area because i find <laughs> cobalt very easy to read i have done quite a few times <clears throat> uh, we had a, a situation where a customer wanted to know which uh, programming language would be faster in db2 pure sql uh, c c plus um, plus Java or COBOL, and so, uh, but they needed somebody to write the uh, the COBOL part. They didn't have some COBOL writers, so they sent me a C program that I converted to COBOL. I find yeah. C almost unintelligible. <laughs> now people will probably laugh at that because 
people who are raised on C think it's extremely readable. But non-programmers can read COBOL and get an understanding of what the program's trying to do. And that is another unique feature of COBOL. It's the only language designed for non-engineers so that like, I think the idea was that a manager could look at the code and see if his programmers are trying to steal money out of the bank accounts or whatever. (laughs) You can, uh, almost anyone can review it, understand it, figure out what it's doing in uh, a relatively short amount of time. Whereas I can write assembler or Java or C that's uh, extremely confusing and hard to read. Wasn't that like the plot of Superman three or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> where has COBOL like taken you recently? Obviously you're not just sitting around like where, where do you get called out to do? Um, well, the, the, the last seven years have been uh, a lot of activity around. We came out with a new generation of COBOL compilers on Z that were able to exploit new instructions that the Z hardware provided. And the older compiler couldn't be changed. It was designed at a time when the instruction set was static. And the the Z hardware instruction set has become quite dynamic over the past 20 years, and the compiler wasn't keeping up. So customers, if they change, if they recompile their programs with the new compiler, can get huge performance improvements and savings. And by using less uh, resources, uh, CPU, MIPS, or the the magic number on Z is MSUs. That's the number they use to. That's what people care about. Yeah, that's the one where <laughs> where that defines how much they pay to IBM to run their systems. If they reduce that amount, they keep more money, and that and they make more money. So it's an extremely <laughs> popular idea. Of course, you know the, you know that over the past twenty years, one of the main driving goals of businesses is to cut costs at, at all costs sometimes, you know, in any way they can cut costs. And so one way to do that for COBOL and mainframe is to recompile with the newer compilers. Um, and it's revealed some hidden problems and there is there are some challenges that take some work. But, uh, but once customers do that, we've had customers who can take on more clients because they can get more work done in a day. Uh, we've had customers save lots of money. Some programs run up to 70% faster just by recompiling with the new compiler, which is amazing. If you were tuning a, an application and you could improve the performance 5%, you'd be very happy with your, your, with your work. <laughs> if you can get 50%, it's amazing. And you don't have to analyze the uh, source code to do that. Just recompile, do some testing, do the migration. And so that's been the, the big excitement. I've been giving COBOL migration workshops every week for the past uh, seven years with thousands of clients and millions of programs getting recompiled all the time. Awesome. And, and how, how does that work? Is that just like tighter, tighter integration between the hardware and the compiler? <clears throat> well, for example, on the mainframe, I'm going to have to get really technical here, but uh, arithmetic on mainframe uh, for decimal data, especially uh, external decimal, there are no instructions that work on that, and pack decimal, we would convert external decimal to pack decimal and then uh-huh. use, use pack decimal instructions. Uh, which were fine for 50 years or so. But then the hardware clock got so fast that any instructions that touched memory were considered a roadblock or a boat anchor holding back performance. So uh, we came up with another data type called decimal floating point in the mid 
early 2000s. But then most recently with Z14, we invented these instructions, we being IBM, we invented these instructions called vector pack decimal facility. Uh, yes. And, I was hoping we get there. Yes. And, uh, and you can do arithmetic 97% faster with a vector pack, vector pack decimal facility instruction than a pack decimal instruction. So depending on how much arithmetic your COBOL program is doing, you can have a huge amount of savings potential. Um, and that's only by with using the newest compilers. Is is it hard to get people to to recompile their code, or is it something they're they're begging us for um, for that capability? Uh, definitely, it depends. <laughs> it depends on the customer. <laughs> Some customers, uh, as soon as they heard uh, savings by uh, in and per, performance improvement by recompiling, they were they you know they hit the ground running and they're taking off and give me that new compiler. I'm recompiling my programs, all of them, and I'm starting right away. Other customers realize that's a goal, but they're very busy uh, manufacturing cars or running a state or, or <laughs> a utility or a bank or whatever. You know, they're trying to make money selling insurance. They're not uh, software engineers. So uh, recompiling COBOL programs doesn't directly um, reflect the 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 mission of the of the business it's a side it's a you know it's, it can be a, a way to save money so it's interesting but it's not their main thrust so some customers will only recompile programs when they change them they have to recompile them anyway because they're changing them so uh they, in that case they'll recompile with the new compiler so they have a very very gradual recompilation of programs so it's across the board some customers are aggressively recompiling as many programs as they can and some are re re uh, recompiling as few as they can because they're busy running their business wow ha have you ever taught anybody COBOL from scratch i have not <laughs> do you think how do you think that would go if you had to I don't know. I imagine uh, maybe I'm full of myself, but I imagine I'd be pretty good at it. I'm. I spend my career teaching my customers about new features in the compilers. So I'm. I'm giving presentations and uh, and people call them classes at like the the share organization, which is a a group of IBM mainframe users. And so I teach new features all the time, but starting from scratch, like this is a, a COBOL program. Here's the data division and here's the procedure division. I have not done that. <laughs> do, do you think that your, your personal personality is, is kind of um, matches up with like the design and structure of the language? Yeah, I think so. It seems very, uh, very, very natural to me. But I've I've only been doing it for thirty eight years, so I don't know if that has something to do with it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so right now, people are kind of at home. They're maybe trying to like pick up a new skill, something like that. Um, why should somebody start looking at at COBOL as a language to learn instead of you know something else? Well, um, and that's a really interesting topic too because. For me, I wanted a career where that I could kind of count on it and stick with it and be, have it be mm -hmm. interesting, but not have to change companies. It seems like the modern view of jobs is that you have to change companies every three to four years. There are tons of jobs in COBOL, so it's a great uh, area to work in. It's, it's very technical and it's not as visual as programming in other languages is. 
but uh, uh, if you want to get a job and if you want to keep a job for a long time, COBOL is a great thing for a, for a solid, reliable, long-lasting career. Yeah, I was going to say that the, it seems like the, the people that understand COBOL, they kind of get to sit at the front of the class where they're, where they're actually talking with people on the business side of things as well. It's not just, here, go make this work. Yeah, I mean, COBOL programmers have to understand the way their business runs in a very intimate way. They, they absolutely know how the company goes. Awesome. Um, well, Tom, I want to thank you so much for your time. This is this has been awesome. Um, just closing thoughts here. What do you, what do you wish more people knew about COBOL? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I really wish that, uh, like what I said early on, that uh, that people don't realize how much COBOL is in their lives every day and sometimes all day long, depending on what they're doing. Um, and, and, and also Z, uh, how important these things are in, in keeping the world running. Uh, people think that Windows is important to keep the world running or Java, but really it's COBOL and Z that, uh, that keep things working day to day. Um, and it's just, it's, it's sort of stealth. And whenever I explain that to people at a party or something, they're really kind of surprised when I tell them all the different things. Oh, and one of my favorite, uh, I was at, a, at a, uh, a company that people might have heard of called Walmart. And yes. uh, I was uh, giving a presentation and I uh, was looking for an email from somebody from, uh, that I had emailed at another client. And I was, have all these folders named after each of the companies that I talk with. And, and so I had it up on the screen and all these people were looking at all these different companies and said, wow, Everybody uses COBOL. I didn't realize that. <laughs> and, and they were fully dedicated to COBOL. They weren't considering changing the technology, but they were still pleasantly surprised to see the huge names uh, all around the world that run COBOL every day and rely on it. Um, in fact, a, a large bank in Holland called uh, Rabobank, and they have a funny name because if you pronounce it a certain way, it sounds like Rabobank. <laughs> and, uh, they uh, they actually had people discussing should we use COBOL anymore? Should we use Z? And they were discussing you know the endless uh, technology as fashion. What fashion should mm. we be using? Let's stop using the wheel. It's old technology. That endless discussion. <laughs> and they they were arguing and fighting and spending time. And they said, okay, let's let's analyze it and figure out what the best thing to do is. And they discovered after studying. The best way to run a very large bank is on, with COBOL on System Z. Now, and then they said, okay, we're done talking about it. Let's get to work and run a bank. <laughs> it was kind of fun <laughs> that they, they just, they addressed it by meeting it head on, all this discussion. But they had to come to that conclusion themselves by going through the, the exercise and the steps. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then they can say, we looked at it, we're done. We're We've decided. Let's stop talking about what technology to use and just use it. Awesome. Uh, Tom, thank you so much. This, is, this has been great. And uh, if uh, people want to, hopefully we get to, we get to go back to share um, in a couple months and uh, hopefully have a couple sessions people can check out then. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there whenever it, whenever it happens again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Take care, Tom. You're welcome. Good talking to you. <laughs> Bye. You too. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. 
That's contact at TerminalTalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.